Rising action. Rising action. Good to go. I believe so. I just want my phone call. What do we actually know? Rising Action Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rising Action Podcast. I am Josh, and right over there is Grayson, and we're back after a semi-long hiatus that we won't talk about, uh, the holidays and turkey and presents, but uh, we're back. And uh, there was a thing, an event that that happened on Christmas Day that was not Christmas Day. In fact, it was basically the opposite of Christmas Day because Christmas Day is a present and it is always fun and it's exciting and it brings you joy. And this thing did none of those. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 released (laughs) on Christmas Day and it was a major disappointment. Um, uh, Grace and I just did an episode on Comic Blast. Uh, you can check that out wherever you're listening to this podcast. So if you're on Apple Podcasts, pull up Comic Blast. There's an episode right there. It'll be the top one, and it's a Wonder Woman 1984 reaction. We just did that with Keenan over there at Comic Blast. And we really just kind of did an hour-long vent session about Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, So we've gotten that out of our systems. Uh, We're doing this right after that and and now we're going to be a little bit more uh calm and yeah. and pleasant the the and steam is has subsided a bit we're just kind of more talking about the we're going to we're going to go a bit more analytical a bit more uh logical and just be like why did this movie not work compared to the first movie which did correct yeah uh i think the biggest disappointment coming out of wonder woman 84 was realizing that it was so far off of its predecessor, uh, Wonder Woman, in, I think it was 2017 that it came out, right? That yes, right. 2017. Um, that movie was really good, uh, and I think there's a lot of reasons why, and there's a lot surrounding that movie that I think props it up, whereas there's a lot surrounding 84 that brings it down. Right. Um. There's a lot of different mitigating factors, uh, and there's a lot of different interesting things to get into. But before we get into all that, we're going to cover some housekeeping items. Uh, you can follow us here at Rising Action Podcast uh, on Instagram at Rising Action underscore. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Josh Johnson 98 with two N's. And you can follow Grayson on both of those at Shradester8. Uh, you can also follow us on Letterboxd. Lebertoxed, uh, Grayson is <laughs> Shradester 8 there, and I think I am Josh underscore J98. Yeah, uh, I need to. I just put up a scathing review of 84 on Letterboxd. I need to do morning, that as so. well. I, I should do that. Yeah, I just put up a list of um, all the movies I've seen that were dated 2020, so there, there's not many of them. Um, but it, it's interesting. I always feel weird about like. Do I put the movies that I watched in 2020, or do I put the movies that came out in 2020? Yeah. Anyway, I put all the movies that came out in 2020, and I think Wonder Woman 84 was either second to bottom or bottom on that list. So, What was the cl- next to it? I need to look. Okay. Uh, it was not good. Let's put it that way. Okay. The movies that were near the bottom kind of stunk. It might have been Birds of Prey. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see here. That's pretty bad. Yeah, it was 
was it was not good. Uh, no, uh, no. Uh, Wonder Woman eighty four was lowest. Uh, Five Bloods was right above. Wow, 84. I did okay. not like that movie at all. Okay, <laughs> okay, cool. I think I just don't like Spike Lee, but that movie stunk. Anyway, um, so <laughs> major sidetrack there. But uh, the, the one question we kind of wanted to get into was why didn't Wonder Woman eighty four work where Wonder Woman where Wonder Woman did? Um, I I've got a few opinions about why. Um, I mean, first off, the the obvious off the top is Wonder Woman is a good movie, and Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four is not. Um, it, but I feel like Grayson, tell me why. Tell tell you okay. Why is Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four poop, and why is Wonder Woman good? Like, it, what's what happened? What it what breaks changed? down to central components in a movie in a story. The characters were not written well. The story, which was probably the biggest atrocity, was not written well. The action in here, which is big for a DC movie, was not good. The the theme and the tone of the movie was not good. It was a complete 180 from the first one. Um, even though they tried to encapsulate some sort of, you know, core uh, tenet there, they did not. Um, the pacing was not there. Um... In fact, it's almost complete inverse where Wonder, the first Wonder Woman, the last act was probably what struggled the most. This is where like the first two acts are probably what struggled the most. Um, the the score in this movie not great. Um, in fact, it does nothing to uh, it, do, it. Its setting of being in the eighties does nothing to its advantage. Um, mm-hmm. it does not, it just does not utilize it whatsoever other than it's in the eighties. Cool. Like that's it. Um, it's literally just like some cool graphics at the beginning of the movie. Um, and that's it. And like, obviously all the set design is eighties. Um, but there was nothing. So <clears throat> when I see Wonder Woman 1984 and the first trailer comes out and the, the song underneath the trailer is blue Monday, I'm thinking, Okay, they're going to go full-blown 80s mode right. with this movie like they did with Thor Ragnarok, where they just fully embraced that 80s vibe. Um, but they didn't in Wonder Woman 84. They just kind of slapped some 1980s packaging on it and dressed everybody up in the 80s, and that was it. Yep. That was the full extent. Like... And I said this over on Comic Blast that I felt like the time placement was just a plot convenience, which there was a whole bunch of that in uh, Wonder Woman 84. And if you really want to get into all those instances, go listen to that full episode on Comic Blast where we get into all the nitty gritty. Yeah. Um, There's just a lot of plot conveniences. And I think the fact that it was set in 1984 was one of those things. Now... Wonder Woman takes place also in the past, um, but I think it does so for a reason. Um, there's several things about Wonder Woman that are better just off the top. The characters and the writing are incredibly, incredibly good. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I love the characters. It's not just movie. the protagonists either. Like the protagonists are great. And there's actually some characters that I forgot about that I was reminded of 
in going back and watching some scenes from Wonder Woman to clear my palate, essentially. talking about his little crew that he has? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, his crew. They're so likable. They're so good. They are. Um, They each have their own individual characterization. Um, They have lines. uh, I think there was one, uh, one of the guys in his crew had a line about, you know, he wanted to be a doctor. He didn't want to be a soldier or something like that. Like, there's just more than the surface cursory, like, bleh, you know? They yeah. had there was some characterization there, um, and even I thought the the antagonists in that movie, aside from Ares, I think he was pretty bland. But um, the the supporting antagonists I thought were pretty decent. Um, you had that one chick with the mask that made all the the bombs and the nuclear stuff. Doctor Poison and she was, or something. Yeah, yeah Doctor whatever Doctor Poison chick. I don't know. Like she was at least interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there was uh, there was something menacing about her, and uh, the other to, guy. Yeah, it was the other guy. There was like he was like it a, was the dude who was uh, Striker in X Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> oh yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> and I literally just remembered him as Striker, and the whole time I'm like, hey, that's Striker. Uh, but at least he was kind of mean, you know. Like the villain, the antagonists in 1984 were uh, Kristen Wiig dressed up in a cheetah suit who was just there to be somebody that Wonder Woman could fight because she can't fight Pedro Pascal because he's just a normal human being who is a genie that has unlimited wishes. If, if you have a um, character, it's almost in any given scenario or movie. Actually, in the comics, they don't do this, which I like, and I think they should do that more often. But in comic book movies, if there is a villain that is very intellectual... They, if they do not have any powers whatsoever, so for example, like you know, you have an intellectual villain like Doc Ock. He's got mm-hmm. powers, right? He can go toe to toe with Spider Man. Uh, Green Goblin is another one, for example. But if you have a character like Max Lord or Lex Luthor, who's a Luther, telepath in the comics, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know much about Max Lord. But if you take a character that's very intellectual, they have. Very powerful cronies, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Like people, and that or like apparatus or suits or something, right? Right, and so like, like an Iron Man effect. And so with Max Lord, like he couldn't just be the straight villain. They were like, well, we gotta have somebody for her to actually fight. Otherwise, there's no action. Like it's a comic right. book movie. You gotta have your action scenes, which weren't good in this movie. Wonder Woman. No, the the first Wonder Woman has some of the best action scenes I have ever seen. In a they had that movie. no man's land action scene, which was just sublime. The the one the the way like the camera was like was craning as she would like burst through the window and like was using her yeah. sword to take out like the the post and like trip these guys and using her sword and shield. That was the most interesting part is because she actually had a sword and shield. This she just had her lasso. And she's yeah. like sliding around on the floor, but like very floatily and like not she's not really punching anybody. Like she's, it's just, it was very floaty and like corny and hammy. Like it was just goofy. Yeah. Whereas the first Wonder Woman was much more gritty. And now I, I think there's something, there is a difference. There's a marked difference in tone of DC movies when in 2017 and DC movies now in 2020, there's a big difference. Um, in 2017, DC was in the midst of, in the thick of its Zack Snyder gritty, they were tra- phase. in a transitional period. You correct came, came hot off the heels of Suicide Squad. That was right. the last one before Wonder Woman, and then then the couple months later, you had Justice League. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so um, DC was in like this really gritty uh, BVS uh, Justice League Wonder Woman phase where their action was super intense. Um, the, the films were darker and the characters grittier. There was just, the, the, for lack of a better term, they were just darker. They were. Which and they got a lot of flack. Right. Uh, people were not huge fans of it. Now, you could understand why, because they were trying to be different than Marvel, which was notably lighter. Yes. Um, and so DC was trying to contrast itself from Marvel. And to an extent, it certainly did that. It definitely was different. It just wasn't as good, or it wasn't as perceived as good. It feels like a cheap um, imitation. Like correct. You're going Marvel to get- had moments that were earned that were darker. It yeah. had uh, Civil War. It had Winter Soldier, which were great movies. It had Infinity War. Um, <laughs> it had Infinity War. Like it had moments that were really uh, dark, but they weren't. They weren't like punk, punky like DC was. Yeah, it wasn't just so like dark Bleak. and. Ugh, growly and bleak you know it wasn't like batman burning people with his batarangs like it just wasn't that yeah um so this new phase of the dc the past couple of years has been hammy goofy uh retro uh just kind of like good vibes bro movies that are just goofy um and i think thor ragnarok now granted that was Marvel's basic version of this, and it was really, really good. And so yeah. you can see, like, DC and Marvel are now doing kind of the same thing, except Marvel's doing it much better. Um, DC's version of this is Aquaman, which isn't the retro thing, um, but it's goofy, and it's fine. It's okay. Um, and then you've got Shazam, which is pretty darn good. Decent. Um and then you've got uh, Harley Quinn, which or, is just meh. Yeah, Birds of it's, Prey. It, it's very forgettable. There's some. There's good moments in that movie, but it's not. There's like, good moments. It's not a movie that I'm like. I want to see that again. It's like it's all right. Yeah, I saw it once. I don't want to see it again. No. And then you've got Wonder Woman, which uh, Wonder Woman 1984, which has a lot of issues, and it's probably not forgettable like Birds of Prey is. It, you're not gonna forget it. It's not going to be something that you just kind of gloss over and go, okay. But you're not going to remember it for being good either. No. You're going to remember it because it was so bad. Oh, yes. Like, I mean, this strides the line, like I said in our review, with a, you know, stri- strides the line of like a Batman, not Batman and Robin, like not that bad, but like Batman Forever where it's very campy, where it's not like yeah. like God awful, but it's like, pretty awful (laughs) you know like pretty bad yeah um and and it's just it feels like night and day compared to the first wonder woman which had great like very well-written characters i loved obviously like wonder woman like uh diana had a great arc and i loved her arc super good uh, art especially like how she perceived humanity like she she came into the world the world of seeing humans in a time when they were all fighting you know and then she saw it again i'm sure with world war ii but we don't see that you get Steve Trevor. She with gets Chris. a hero's journey arc. And right. we talked about hero's journeys a long time ago, but yeah. she gets a hero's journey arc where she is the juggernaut, which is a really interesting take on that arc because usually a hero's journey, like they have to learn a whole lot of stuff and they're taught things by a older character that's a wizened character and all this stuff and they're brought along. 
Um, and she does all that, but then she turns out to be the world's biggest badass. Yeah. Which is really awesome. And there was a lot of good from it. But she's like, um, but and like the other characters, her, but she hasn't really, really been well. hurt a lot was the thing. Like, and right. that was she like, she saw like the emotional toll that it took on her of like losing yeah. Steve Trevor, which I also was going to say Chris Pine's great in that movie. And all, all those little, his friends, you know, like in that, that squad really good. Um, the villains weren't awful, not great, but still like, I mean, they weren't the highlight or whatever. Um, they had it. They had a vision with that first one, I think, and I feel like they had right. a vision with the second one, but it just completely caved in. Um, like it had nothing. It just didn't work. It just shares no commonalities with the first one. Like, uh, like yeah. I said on on their Comic Blast episode, like I feel like Wonder Woman is a crucial like comic book movie to watch. Like you may not love it per se, and like I remember I first, when I first watched it, I did not love Wonder Woman, but watching this Wonder Woman eighty four has made me appreciate how great the first Wonder Woman actually is. And, like, I want to go back and watch it now because, um, like, this was just, like, so all over the place. And the first one, like, had some sense of stability, you know, like, um, with, with its story, with its theme, with its characters, with its action, with its setting. Like, it, dude, it used its setting, like, so well. You know, what is, what is, uh, Wonder Woman, like, you know, what is this movie it gaining from being set in the eighties? Like why? And she doesn't Not really a have, single she thing. De- and she doesn't really get a new arc other than like, because we, we know that she learned her lesson from the very beginning of this movie where, mm-hmm. you know, the truth is everything. That is the, that is the theme of this movie. Right. And she has to, like, relearn it, I guess. And, and, you know, I don't have a problem with, like, when they relearn it, but they, where they teach it in, like, a different way, you know? Like, um, yeah. It's the kind of thing, though, where you want a character to make a mistake and learn from it. Right. And Absolutely. You you gotta you got to wonder, would she do that again? And based on... And by that, I mean, would she uh, wish that Steve Trevor was alive again? And the answer to that is, yeah. Like, she totally would wish to have Steve back again. Yeah. The The mistake she made wasn't really a mistake. And therefore, there wasn't really anything for her to learn from it. Um, yeah. She didn't necessarily... She was just in stasis the whole movie. Um, she was right. Wonder Woman from the beginning to the end. Um, she didn't have an issue to overcome personally in herself, introspectively. She had outward issues to overcome. Um, and they weren't, they were not issues that were compelling. And in order to create a story that is compelling, you have to put interesting characters in interesting situations and find creative ways for them to get out of them. And in Wonder Woman 84, they put bland characters in interesting situations and created the stupidest solutions to the situations. Yes. Um, whereas in Wonder Woman, I think they did what the textbook uh, moves are, which is to put interesting characters in interesting situations and find interesting ways out of them. And they did all of those things in uh, in Wonder Woman, but they just didn't do that well at all in Wonder Woman 84. And the weird part about it is Patty Jenkins directed Wonder Woman, did a phenomenal job, uh, and she wrote and directed or co-wrote and directed Wonder Woman 84, 
and did an extremely poor job. Um, it's the kind of thing where we talked about this on Comic Blast, and I know we're referencing that a bunch, but uh, Keenan made a point over there that there was some buy-in from him just from the beginning, even though the trailers weren't very interesting, that Patty Jenkins was going to pull it through. And I was also in that boat where I thought the director of Wonder Woman, Patty Jenkins, was going to pull that movie through. That no matter what, I believe in her. She's talented enough that this movie's not going to stink. Right. The problem is there. there's so many issues that range from... Every like it's every facet of Wonder Woman eighty four stinks. Um, there's poor CG. There's really poor cable work. The fight scenes are terrible. The characters are meh. The writing is not good. There's no clear motivations. Um, there's so many plot conveniences. Uh, characters do the easiest thing. Um, there's just no like. It really, and this feels bad, but it feels like a story that's in its first draft and it needs to go through three more. Right. Um, oh, yes. It just needs a ton of editing. Like, there's just a lot of unfinished feel to this movie. It just feels like it needs more feedback on it. Like, yeah. scrap it. And, I mean, it truly feels like there's a, a saying in writing. Uh, writers say this all the time. Your first draft stinks. Don't show it to anybody. Get it out. It's important. You need that first draft in order to get to your third, fourth, fifth draft, however many you write. But that first draft is not what anybody sees. You need to then write the first draft, get the story out, and then go in and fix it. Make it good. Because the first draft is inherently going to stink. And that's what Wonder Woman 84 felt like. Wonder Woman, initially, the first movie in 2017, felt like a third or fourth draft movie. Whereas Wonder Woman 84 felt like a first draft movie that needed a ton of work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're totally right. Like it's just, there's a lot of cheap gimmicks and stuff. The very, like very, like you said, very convenient, um, pieces of, um, solutions really. Um, and they just, there just never feels like a, a complete arc. Like I, the one thing that I wish, even despite all this, is I wish there was an arc, like a complete arc for Wonder Woman's character. Yeah. Like Diana, like I just, like I just didn't see much change in her, you know. Um, and with the first one, I saw so much change, like so much growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and just despite all the weird, wacky things which we mention in in the review, like it's just, you know, it. The first one, actually, I think, while it was a little bit darker in tone, it was still a pretty lighthearted movie. Like, it was still funny. Like, there was still moments that, mm-hmm. like, I laughed, and they were intentionally trying to be jokey, like, you know, especially with Steve Trevor's character. Like, um, yeah. he's a bit... A the relationship more... between Diana and Steve in that movie was super lighthearted, and there was a lot of funny moments. Um, I think about the the moment where they're on the boat, uh, yes. after they leave the mascara and there's just this whole like she is so naive and there's so many good things that can be brought out of that and i think it's like when they're talking about jokes in there she they're talking about like how do they reproduce or whatever and she was like I was yeah. ma- like i was made out of clay or whatever like and he's like oh well that's neat. that's cool 
Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I mean, that's funny. Like, or like when, yeah. when, when he like gets out of like this hot tub, you know, and he's like naked and she's like, what's that? And you think they're talking about his dick <laughs> when it's actually his watch. Like, you know, <laughs> you're like, okay, that's funny. You know, <laughs> right. she doesn't like, you're like, you're, that's the national assumption. I'm like, oh, it's all women. Like she's never seen. Like, There's dude. also a supporting female character in Wonder Woman that is hilarious. Um, if I remember right, she like, like Diana walks into a dress store or just like a, a clothing store wearing like her full armor. And this, this lady is like trying to steer her out. She's like, stop, 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 stop. Like this is a disaster waiting to happen. And Wonder Woman is just all like naive and has no clue what's going first on. One? And she's like, ah, da, 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 da. Yeah, in the first one. Yeah, and they show that. That's actually one thing I will say I, I liked about the movie, um, is it shows these little like little pieces of things from the first movie that do show it's connected. Like they show that woman like as an old woman. You know, she has like a picture with her. I I you presume that she passed away. They show mm-hmm. um they show Trevor Ranch like they they made a ranch after like Steve Trevor and I was like that's cool like I like that a lot yeah. Um, you know, and obviously the watch is still on there, like on her little mantelpiece um, or on her dress. I wonder though, why did the watch start ticking when Steve Trevor supposedly was brought back? That didn't make any sense to me. There was a lot of things that didn't make any sense to me, but that was one that I never mentioned in the comic last episode because there was about a thousand other things that I had problems with. That one, I remember thinking in the theater, why? Does the watch work now that he's back? That made no sense. That was the clue. It's one of those, it's um, visual storytelling where without using dialogue and actually telling you what's happening, the director or the the, the filmmakers are showing you something happened. Um, and right when uh, our clue that Steve Trevor has come back uh, is reincarnated or whatever through Diana's wish. Our clue is that his watch on that shelf starts ticking, and that made absolutely no sense to me. I don't know what the watch has, like, what's the connection? I don't know. To Steve, it's very. Random. I don't get that I, one. I, I thought it's about so that as random. Well. It's just they just throw a lot in here that doesn't really do much. Like, there's a lot that doesn't work. Yeah, like it. It. They, I feel like they just. They completely abandoned all of the the things that that made the first one great, and and then um, and they were like, let's make this, and it did not work, and um, I don't know, I don't know, man. It's just they really abandoned so much of the of the first one, um, like. You know, I know it's hard to make a sequel that's better than the first one. Like it is one of the hardest that's really challenges. Tough to do. But it's obviously it's possible. We know some of the best sequels of all time exist. But obviously, like they had to work very hard for that. This does not feel mm-hmm. like they they were like, oh, well, it people love the like first one. It doesn't. It feels very standalone. And it, but it also feels like like I said, you don't have to watch this to understand anything. No. Like even with Wonder Woman's character, like even if you're a Wonder Woman fan. Like, I don't think you have to watch this to understand, like, where her character gets to the point of Justice League or Batman v Superman, like, shows nothing. You no. know? Yeah, and and it also doesn't get the benefit of being played in order. Like, this movie is made after 
all of those movies and the timeline is in the middle. So you have in terms of timeline Wonder Woman and then Wonder Woman 84 and then Batman vs Superman and then Justice League. Um, but the way these movies were made was Wonder Woman, Batman vs Superman, Justice League. No, Batman vs Superman was the first, then Wonder Woman, then Justice League, then Wonder Woman 84. You're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Um, but still, there was kind of this like, there is a there is a clear like, like a you, linear yeah with Wonder Woman to or with like you get you get the tease in Batman v Superman right and then they sh- yeah. like the next year we got her movie and we're like this fits with her character like seventy Correct. years no no so it would have been like nineteen the uh nineteen like nineteen twenty uh somewhere like the yeah, like we'll we'll say it was World War One right yeah like we'll say like nineteen like nineteen eighteen yeah. so that means it was about. You know, almost a hundred, uh, almost a hundred years actually, like a uh, ninety ninety eight years or something. From from Wonder Woman to Batman v Superman, right? And she makes it clear yeah. in Batman v Superman like why she gave up on humanity. And Keenan made the point of what happened to that. Like, why did this movie like she clearly cares about humanity? Like she said, I gave up on humanity, like on man mankind, a long time ago after mm-hmm. Steve died. You know, and you're like. Yeah, sure about that. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and then Justice League, we like after Batman and Superman, we see like she's she's seen like up with Superman, she saw his sacrifice and is like, okay, like I get it. Like, you know, that and that was her arc. Are- and they could have explored that further in this movie, where it's instead of this whole like anti excess, anti capitalist movement, it could have really just been Wonder Woman learning to care about humanity again yeah um and we get a little bit of that in uh uh bbs but or not in bbs in uh, justice league but at the um, end it feels like she should be like she should still be like yeah humans suck <laughs> like right you know or at least been like but but even then you're like well, that's kind of a boring ending it's like but that's where her character arc went you know like that's what you get for putting that in the 80s that's why i'm like yeah this would have been suited better after after Justice League, but you know, in terms of like what what happened with her and bringing Steve back, like you know, doesn't really matter other than like the the excess the excess thing. But like that could easily have been in modern day. But you know, I yeah, they set it up to where the whole '80s thing would be a nostalgia trip, and it wasn't. Not they even didn't close. capitalize on the fact that it was in the '80s in the slightest. They used it to kind of further drive home the theme. The problem was it just didn't make any sense. Um, the It was too subtle, let's put it that way. There yeah. was a lot of commentary happening just by the setting itself, um, and you really had to read into it. But then once you read into it, you were like, wait a minute. Like You connect some of the dots, and you realize this is dumb. Like This just doesn't really accomplish anything yeah. other than to say, hey— uh, like the whole your life is good but it could be better thing it was just it's a it's a, con, a condemnation of the mid 80s uh life of excess but it doesn't do it in the way that like great gatsby does where mm. a great gatsby also condemns excess but it does it in a way that you actually care about the people in the movie um, you care about Gatsby. You care about all these other characters that are experiencing this excess, and they have great 
uh, motivations. Right. Uh, Great Gatsby uses the excess as a means to an end. Um, there's a lot there that's really interesting. Whereas with this, it's the same theme. It's the same issues that they're trying to explore, but they're doing it in a way that just is like, uh, we hate that. Like socialism is awesome. You know, like that's just kind of how it feels. And I don't know that that's necessarily how far they wanted to take it necessarily, but, um, it just kind of, it felt like a librarian staring down her nose and her spectacles at you. Like you're an eight year old. Like that's kind of how I felt. Like it was just the theme stunk, but more than that, um, if you're gonna, if you're gonna try and and push a narrative like that, like make a good movie, you know. If you're gonna try and claim stuff like that subtly, make something that I give two craps about. Like I just there's nothing there to care about, and um, I think Wonder Woman in the the first one just kind of avoided all of that, and there was a lot of commentary in that movie as well. Um, but it fit the character better. Um, the whole commentary around the first Wonder Woman was uh, Wonder Woman is an extremely feminine, badass character. And it was kind of a champion of the feminist movement. But the reason why that didn't seem to be so iffy was because, I mean, the movie was good. So you can kind of give it like you just you'll tolerate it a lot more if the movie's good than if it stinks. And it fit the whole ethos of that character. I mean, that's been the ethos of Wonder Woman since she was created. So right. it wasn't something that was super off the wall. Like if you're going to watch a Wonder Woman movie, you're not going to go see something that's glorifying a patriarchy. Like that just, it, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't fit the character. Um, so this theme in Wonder Woman 84 just didn't fit the character like the first Wonder Woman did. No. And so there's just less reason for me to care about the themes in the movie. And that's also really disappointing. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I think that sums it up. It's just kind of like, I just, I cared in the first one and I didn't, I didn't care. They gave Pretty me no reason much. to care. Yeah. And there's a lot more reasons why we didn't care. We got into some pretty specific details about why we really did not enjoy Wonder Woman 84 on Comic Blast, go check that episode yes, out wherever you're listening to this. Um, I think that'll wrap up this episode. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at risingaction underscore, and you can follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at joshjohnson98 with two N's. Where can they find you, Grayson? You can find me at Shradster8 on Twitter and Instagram and also uh, Letterboxd. That'll do it. Very good. Yeah. Go we'll see you all later. Bye-bye.